Hello to all members of the Heidi Abramowitz fan club. Can we talk? You're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast. He says, your most sinister movie dares. We, we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald and I'm mad at Mel and I'm not going to take it anymore. With me as always is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi everybody. On this show we do your dirty work. By watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them using our unique rating system. Here is the system. The run-of-the-mill bad film will rate that a dare. Double dare rating goes to the truly atrocious movies, and the reverse dare goes to those despised movies that are actually pretty, pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing Billy Crystal in his movie debut as a 24-year-old virgin who becomes pregnant in Joan Rivers' 1978 comedy Rabbit Test. But before we get started, we're going to talk about the movie-themed cocktail my man Dan made for us. Yes, this week's Cockcast Cocktail. Of course, these cocktails are always themed to whatever movie we're reviewing this week. And I tell you, I have really racked my brain mm. to come up with some kind of tie-in for this movie. Because, oh boy, this movie just is, it's, it's rough. It's a rough watch, and this was a rough cocktail to make. But I finally got there. I finally, after much research and thought and reflection... Landed on the El Presidente hey. cocktail. A key character in Rabbit Test is the president, president of the United States, played by George Goble. The El Presidente is a cocktail that is Cuban in origin, probably. Hard to tell with some of these classic cocktails that are like a century old, exactly where they originated. But it's kind of a fusion of a more tropical cocktail with rum and a more kind of urbane cocktail with vermouth. The classic version of the El Presidente has aged rum orange liqueur, dry vermouth, and grenadine. For my cockcast version, I thought, let me make an El Presidente that's clear. Because usually you got your grenadine, you got your brown rum. It's going to be a little kind of murky, yellowy, orangey. Um, for my version, I want to make one that's clear. Crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Billy crystal clear, Uh-oh. even. Hello. I finally got there. <laughs> so, Corky, I give you POTUS. The POTUS cocktail, it is white rum instead of the dark rum. I split the vermouth with Dolan Blanc, which gives it more of a kind of honey, floral sort of a sweetness. Use Cointreau. Tiny little bit of simple syrup to keep it nice and clear instead of the grenadine to sweeten it. And I added some Angostura orange bitters. You stir it, you strain it, put it into a glass with no ice, garnish with, with an orange peel, and you've got the POTUS. What do you think, Cork? I think this is fantastic. And much like our current POTUS, it's tough. Strong, doesn't take any jive jack. It's not going to be fall for any bologna or turkey. And yet, unlike any POTUS in history, it's very, very transparent. Right, yes. <laughs> it's delicious. I think it's a pretty fun cocktail. Yes, yeah, it's, it's got a little, it's got some, it's very sweet, but it's got some funkiness in there as well. It's got uh, definitely the orange flavors come through. Um, I think it's a really nice cocktail. Yeah, and that rum just kind of lit up my nose real fast when I took a, <laughs> took a last sip. It's really delicious. I love the way the orange works with the rum and the bitters. Yeah, me too. So I will put this cocktail in the Note Story Show. It's a pretty easy one to make. You can get everything for it at you know Above Mo or, or your most grocery stores. So um, if you try it at home, let us know if you like it or don't like it or what you do different. We'd love to hear from you. And now... Our feature presentation. Rabbit Test. Dared by producer Johnny Joe Flo Johnny Flores. Yes. Who also dared us to watch Runaway, a fun episode. There's also a great episode, a little mini episode, where he actually dares us run away. Yes. And it's one of the most... It's just spine-tingling moments all over podcast history. It is. But if you listen to the Runaway episode, I think we actually played that, that, That's right. that clip in there. So yeah. um, go check out that episode and, and let us know what you think. Johnny's Dare goes like this. Just seconds after I discovered this movie and read the synopsis, I said out loud, oh shit, I have to dare Corky and Daniel to watch this movie. Billy Crystal, making his film debut, stars as a young man who becomes pregnant after losing his virginity. Joan Rivers directed, co-wrote, and partially self-funded the movie. She made this movie a full 16 years before Ivan Reitman made Junior. What a trailblazer. I've been watching the movie as I'm typing. In the first few minutes of the movie, a kid calls Billy Crystal a pervert, and an old woman in a mini pearl hat flashes him as he exits a bus. I know in my heart that this movie is uncut, pure dare Danielness. 
Yes, Rabbit Test. This week's film is Rabbit Test. And if you've never heard of Rabbit Test, a movie with several very famous people involved, because I don't think there's an actual, I don't think this movie was ever really released in any digital form, not on DVD or anything. The clip, the, 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 print that we have been able to find and seemingly the only one available is available for free on youtube straight up youtube.com and it looks like it was ripped from a betamax yes in like 1981 it's got like, the, it looks awful it's got the piracy warnings it's got the the rating <laughs> at the end it's it's a bad print man it's not good but it is a film from 1978 it was directed by joan rivers the comedian, Joan Rivers, it was her only directorial effort, shockingly. Shocking? She didn't get another one after this one? Right. Co-written by Rivers and Jay Reddack, it stars Billy Crystal, Father's Day <laughs> Billy Crystal, in his debut movie role. Also features Alex Rocco, a.k.a. Mo Green, a.k.a. Salvatore from The Wedding Planner. Doris Roberts, uh, later found fame on Everybody Loves Raymond, and Joan Prather, Tons of cameos I mean, by 1970s D-listers. If you are our age, if you are middle 40s or you know 40 to 50, it's everybody you grew up seeing in TV shows on yeah. reruns from 70s shows. I mean, you there's so many. Yeah, if you don't have any like context for like ne- late 1970s pop culture, like none of this is gonna <laughs> land though. Like none of it. It's just nonsense. So many 70s D-listers. Plus, like. Three to four seconds of Michael Keaton. Yeah. In his Batman Michael Keaton in his first movie role. No lines. And you can't tell it's him unless you know it's him because he's wearing glasses and you can't see his Unless face. you were told that that was Michael Keaton, you wouldn't know because the print is so... I went back and looked knowing it's Michael Keaton. I was like, I can't tell this. Still Michael can't Keaton. tell it's Michael Keaton. I just Keaton. trust it. <laughs> if you say it is, yeah. I'll go with it. Uh, Rivers financed the film independently. She remortgaged her home. Convinced her father to take out a second mortgage on his home, hosted fundraising dinners across the country, and took out loans against her future Las Vegas earnings. This Mm. is all according to AFI. She also acquired investments from a wealthy admirer in the construction industry, Chicago investors, and Indiana-based shopping developer Mel Simon. As part of these deals, she promised to make extensive personal appearances to promote the film. She played a 90-second clip during her Las Vegas shows, and she attended early screenings all across the country. Good Lord. Although I'm of the opinion that if you want to drum up interest in this particular film, the last thing you want to do is let anyone see any of it. Like, how would showing 90 seconds of this movie help your, <laughs> help people like get butts in seats? Seems insane. The film opened in pre-release on February 17, 1978 in six cities uh, before its official L.A. debut on April 7, 1978. Only has one review on Rotten Tomato, archived review. But it was thoroughly roasted by critics upon its release. Roger Ebert wrote... That it, quote, is not a funny movie. It really isn't. It's just not funny. Gene Siskel called it, quote, nothing more than a series of tired ethnic insults and vulgar sex jokes, end quote. Corky. Yeah. Similar to a lot of the classic comedies that I love and that I'm pretty sure you love, Marx Brothers movies, early Woody Allen movies, Uh Zucker Abraham Zucker, this movie is wall to wall crammed with jokes and bits yeah it machine guns you with with jokes and every kind of thing quips sight gags slapstick one-liners just background jokes but my question for you did you laugh at any of it (laughs) <laughs> Did you laugh at any one thing? And if so, what are the things that you laughed at? Uh, I'm glad you don't got me fighting Siskel or Ebert today. No. Because that's like the Muhammad Ali and the <laughs> Jack Dempsey of movie critics. And I'm not going up against those guys. Um, I side with Siskel's review a little bit more because it is it is a bunch of ethnic humor, like a bunch and a bunch of crude lowbrow humor. But it might be that the critic I'm fighting today is you, Dan, because I laughed a lot. Really? I cracked up at this movie. I did. How? The jokes got me. They're not funny. There really aren't even jokes for the most part. Okay, so this isn't even really a movie. This is just like a series of Joan Rivers stand-up. It's just bits. Over and over and over. I don't know why Billy Crystal's pregnant in this movie, because that's just a thing that happens, and then it's just bits until he doesn't deliver the baby. That, and that's, right. the, that's, that's the whole movie. I mean, that's what I mean. So on a movie level, this is shit. No. But there's laughs. I was oh, laughing boy. a lot. I laughed 
once and it was a bit of a chuckle. The rest of it was just very depressing, I thought. The humor it's it's offensive, which Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not against just that, but it's also not funny opinion and not subversive at all and very lazy. And as you said, it doesn't even really mine its actual concept of a pregnant man for comedy. Uh, not and at certainly all. not for any kind of satire. It really is just like lazy like Sixto said, uh, ethnic, racial jokes, sex jokes, things that were tired in 1978 <laughs> and have not aged well since then. It really kind of reminded me with all of the connections to Hollywood squares. Uh, there's so mm-hmm. many people who were squares and this kind of like insistence on we need a joke here. Yeah. Whether it's an actual joke or Get not, whether it's Valanche. funny or not, just quip, 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 quip them out. It, this made me think of like an R-rated Hollywood Squares movie. Sure. It's, you know, like it's a Hollywood Squares production. Maybe I'm kind of magnetized by the, hypnotized by the charm of that old, not vaudeville, but Borscht Belt kind of shtick. I like Joan Rivers as a stand-up, and she's great at joke writing, and that shines through or shined through for me most of the all of them were just the delivered jokes the sight gags didn't work they weren't that funny um her direction is shit so she mm. couldn't capture physical comedy but the the dialogue i laughed at and it's that you're right it's that machine gun rapid fire dialogue can i read you some of the taglines for this movie sure <laughs> this is how non-jokes these jokes are like this is so emblematic the doctors say it's either a boy a girl or a cantaloupe <laughs> Okay, that's but that's what? not something I would what? laugh at in the movie. What? Where do you buy maternity jockey shorts? <laughs> okay, what yeah. is the like? It's just a, like this is the movie though. It's just like let's Bruce Valanche is a great reference point, quirky because uh-huh. Bruce Valanche just vomits out the jokes. Yep. And they don't, they're not jokes, really, after for the while, most part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they're not anything. He'll get, like, two good written ones, and then after a while, you're just used to the format. So it's like, it's, it's just Pavlovian. Filler, 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 yeah. filler, filler. Yeah, it's just, it's pretty, pretty rough, I thought. I mean, and as you said, it looks absolutely awful. Amazingly, yeah. director of photography is Lucian Ballard, who shot a bunch of movies for Sam Peckinpah, including The Wild Bunch. Uh, the Killing <laughs> for Stanley Kubrick, True Grit, Mikey and Nikki for Elaine May. Rabbitez looks like a snuff film. It looks there is like there's one point the camera tilts and it gets stuck. Like it tries to <laughs> tilt down and it gets stuck doing that. Like somebody got the settings wrong on the tripod. Like there's it's a so... point where they gave up hiding that they were on a f- lot that they yes. were shooting on a studio lot. And they're just like fuck it, film the back of the you know studios. Can I ask what is a rabbit test? Why why was this movie called Rabbit Test? So. Uh, way back in the day, um, well before this movie, um, came out, the test to see if a woman was pregnant was that you injected her hormones into a rabbit and then you cut the rabbit open to see if it had some particular effect on the rabbit. Yeah. It's pretty inefficient. Really going through some rabbits there. Yeah. The home test. Now they use the same sort of system of hormones and things like that. I don't have any details, but you don't need a rabbit to do it anymore. Gotcha. Um, so there was this whole thing that would they thought, okay, well, if the rabbit dies, then that means that the woman is pregnant. But the thing is, all the rabbits died because they just cut them open, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they had to see what their organs look like. So it wasn't like, but that's like kind of uh, a some sort fr- of cliche okay. at this time and kind of based on some misinformation that if the rabbit dies, then that means that you're pregnant. So. Yeah. So I think something like that is kind of indicative of the humor of this movie. It, it's from a different era. And I know I get your, your point is valid about a lot of this being tired by then, but I also think a lot of it, it's just, she's just too competent of a joke writer and comedian to not deliver on some good lines. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I will uh, add before we get into it that this movie did come out 16 years before Junior. So um, credit there, I guess. But it also came out five years after Jacques Demy's A Slightly Pregnant Man. So no credit. Credit taken. Credit given and then taken away. So it wasn't wasn't senior to Junior. It was more elder to Junior. Yes. And the yes. French movie used part of a a part of a just a beautiful uh, lineage. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the Demi film, but I love Jacques Demi, so I, I, at some point we'll see it. I've Maybe never seen Junior, but I love Emma Thompson. There you go. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's get into the All movie. All right, let's go. Rabbit Test. So 
the first shot is of two glasses. Wine is poured into the glasses. We hear a man talking. This is Billy Crystal, our star. It's his movie debut. He's playing Lionel Carpenter. Lionel Carpenter. <laughs> wow. Uh, so he's he's basically doing like 1970s lounge lizard pickup uh-huh. patter, you know. He's, he's practically humping the air. He's putting the moves on. He's like, oh, this is an amusing little wine. Robust, fruity, and dry. So he's being really like pretentious yeah. and acting like he knows a lot about wine. But we see the back of someone's head on the couch, and he kind of sits down. He's putting the moves on him. But what do you know? Boop! It's a blow-up doll, and it pops, and it flies around the room. Very unfunny sequence. Pretty damn unfunny. And it ends with the line, you really know how to turn a guy off, Jackie. But um, bump. All right. So, I mean, like, what's like yeah, no. that whole sequence was symbol crash? Un, un- ter- it was terrible, unfunny. Um, however, I quibble because you said the first shot was of you know some wine glasses. Actually, the first shot we see says Avco Embassy because that was the <laughs> company that distributed this thing that probably folded three months after agreeing to do that. And I was just wondering, I was like, didn't we bomb the Avco Embassy a couple right. years back? I mean, <laughs> bombs and Avco Embassy go together. Just seems right. Um, but see, you know what? Bad was really, sound effects, bad score. That's, <laughs> yes. I'll just say that once. What was really funny, I think the humor that we missed in that scene was there was a big fart noise as that yes. thing was going off around the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- terrible. It Opening was terrible. I agree. We get the, the title screen, Rabbit Test, and a cartoon rabbit barfs on the title <laughs> screen. And I have never been more empathize, empathetic with a cartoon rabbit, I'm telling you. I will say I hated this movie for the first 10 minutes of it. it was, <laughs> I agree. So Billy Crystal's heading into work. A little girl drops something. He picks it up. This is actually Melissa Rivers. Here. Was it? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and she yells, leave me alone, you pervert. And then we get the mini pearl, the woman in the mini pearl hat flashing him. So he's just like beset by women. He's bad with women. Yeah. There's a thing where um, he's on a bus and a beautiful woman stands next to him and he gives up her seat. But then her big hunky boyfriend comes in and he gets the seat. And he ends up carrying the hunky guy's surfboard. Yeah. So he's he's, uh, unlucky with women. He's, uh, He's a young adult, but he's obviously very shy and inexperienced. He goes to his job at Nazareth elementary. It's an adult education class, but it's Easter. Yeah. So there's no classes. And this is one of something that kind of goes throughout the movie a little bit. Nazareth elementary Easter. His last name's carpenter. Right. So there's all of these like immaculate conception references. None of it's anything. None of it's anything. It's not explored. It's not thematic. I think they it's, tried. It's nothing. It's they a, tried it's to nothing, put a capper though. with the ending. I think she tried with that capper at the ending where he's giving birth on Christmas. Yes. Which exactly. So, but it fails. But there's it's, also like the temptations. So there's all yeah. of these like Jesus and immaculate. He gets disciples, kind of thing, but not and none of it's nothing. It's not. It's nothing. It it's there, but they don't do anything with it, and it's all just in service of poop jokes or sex jokes and yes. ethnic jokes. Exactly, and farting. Um, so the music, anyway. the music right now is like bump, but a bump, but a I was like expecting like downhill slalom to come. It was like it was like <laughs> wild world of sports. Again, if you're not familiar with late '70s, early '80s references, this episode is not for you. It's yeah, you're not going to get any of this. So uh, he goes home, and he gets a call from his crying mother. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Doris Roberts plays his mother. And he's like, I'm 24 years old. You have to you know, understand I got my own place now. And she says, why did you leave? And he says, it's been two years. Uh, but then th- that's, I kind of chuckled a little bit at this point. Yep, my this my, my laughs laugh. are maybe a little more identifiable where he's, she says something about like, why don't you just come over and talk to me? And she's like, well, I guess I have to call you before I come over. And he says, no, you can come over anytime. And then she barges right in. So and obviously it, he just lives yeah. right down the you know, hall. And it was played really well because he just says, why don't you come right in? And goes, opens the door. Hi, mom. Doesn't even look at her. And that was my first laugh. Yep. Uh, the father is is not there. He's missing. Or he, he left long ago because uh, she didn't put out his dinner or something like that. And he's Mel. And she yells out the window and she says, where are you, Mel? Come back. And then we get a network reference where everyone says, we're mad as Mel and we're not going to take it anymore. See, that would have killed in the 70s. (laughs) Really, though? (laughs) A year after network? 
Two years. Two years. It's an old reference by that point. Oh, give me a break. I laughed Come at that on. part. I was that's when I was I like, Oh, not. we're in airplane territory now. Right, yes. They're, they're just mining everything for a gag. Yeah. No, absolutely. But not funny gags. And I, this one it, it's not funny. I laughed. It just it didn't play. It just didn't play. It it got really depressing for me. I gotta say, this was just like it was just one. It was a grim death march, but like a really fast grim death march. It was a grim death run. Okay, it was a death, grim. It was death a death jogged. jogged. <laughs> I death jogged. Oh boy! So mom Lionel and his obese sister Melody. I like that you're calling him Lionel, like from. Um thundercats <laughs> lionel <laughs> that would have been so much better casting than billy crystal if we had the lead of thundercats his sister melody she's a large woman and don't think that that obesity isn't played for nope, laughs it's gonna get brought up a few times it is not played for laughs it is played for jokes it is not played no. for laughs good point um so they go to church we meet tom poston there's mm-hmm. a bit yeah charlotte ray there's jews at a catholic church what but you know if the family was jewish that would also play into the whole of course conception because <laughs> jesus parents were jewish yeah it's in that um everybody loves raymond uh costanza thing where it's like they're italian but they're jewish somehow oh, at the yeah. same time you know what i mean like they're um anyway we now we meet cousin danny cousin danny's played by alex rocco and he we, is played we all know and love. oh boy played a lot he's yes again so he he just got back from vietnam but he's like well the war ended several years ago and he's mm-hmm. like yeah military prison um and the bit with danny is that he's basically a wacko ex-soldier and again it's intimated that this in and of itself is a joke. A soldier, a Vietnam vet with PTSD. I, yeah, see, I can't, I don't know. I'm not looking at it that critically. He's. I don't like it. He's not funny. Alex Rocco is just way too out there, and they just give him all kinds of crazy shit to say. I don't even mind the, like, the offensiveness of the premise. Again, it's just a premise. No, and it's it's suggested is, that this in and of itself is a joke. No, you're right. This is and this is kind of why I'm getting like at Joan Rivers brand of humor. It's like it's not just ethnic stereotypes, it's just stereotypes. Yes. There there are nuns in places just because a nun is funny. There are like almost cowboys. There are people like buffoned women singing southern style is just <laughs> funny. So it's like it's just like stereotypes are funny to this person and this exactly. and th- this point of view, right? So it's like this, a military man who's who's wacko, that's inherently funny to to them, to them. I don't th- yeah. I didn't think this part was that po- funny. No. I didn't I didn't hate it, I didn't judge it. Yeah. I judged it as bad. <laughs> um but anyway, uh Danny makes Lionel blurt basically kind of um, pressures him in church and he blurts out that he's a virgin. That's why I was really confused about the whole Jewish Christian thing, because why are they even at church? This whole scene doesn't even need to take place at a church. It's just to get some religion jokes out. Mm-hmm. Like I did laugh at the priest baptizing the babies, the way he was baptizing the babies. I just laughed dunking at that. these babies just dunk- with their heads. By their feet. <laughs> <laughs> Double fisting. I th- and that's what I wrote. I've legit laughed three times already. <laughs> Oh, so Danny is is shocked by this revelation. He's going to take Lionel. We think he's taking him like straight to a brothel, but it's actually this USO dance, which Danny calls Chick City. He also calls it Sodom and Granola. <laughs> but of course, it's nearly empty and, and utterly depressing. This is where we get the Michael Keaton cameo as a, a sailor. Can I say, though, everybody is going for broke. Like, everybody Truly. is broad. Truly. Like, they were bought in on this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, like, Lionel sits next to this crying woman. And, I mean, they're trying to hit on women. So, he's just kind of, like, suddenly, like, oh, how are you? You know, you kind of be nice. Are you okay? Is everything all right? And she's crying. And then she just starts choking herself. Uh-huh. Like, crazy. And just making crazy faces. And, like, there's an old woman. She's doing splits. She says, I've been here for four days. <laughs> Weird. Danny hits on an old woman. I mean, it's It's just, almost like what you're going to hate me for making this comparison, but what's it? The Jerry Lewis film, the bellboy. Sure. 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 There's like a lot of bits like that. These are probably people Joan Rivers knew, you know, from doing clubs and they're just in there to do their 10 seconds a bit. 
30 seconds a bit and get out. Yeah, she called in a lot of favors on this. Yes. Apparently every, everyone worked for scale. But Bellboy Bellboy is a masterpiece. Bellboy is a masterpiece. This isn't a masterpiece. This is I not, mean Bellboy this... also like looks fantastic. Yeah, you know you're right. I mean? Jerry Lewis has an eye. It's yeah. a beautiful movie. Uh, he has a real directorial kind of touch. Anyway. So Lionel uh goes to the bathroom I, I I'm assuming and then he bumps into Lauren Hutton. <laughs> That's Lauren Hutton? Yeah. That's <laughs> Holy shit. So Lauren Hutton, who is like a big supermodel at this time, uh, and she like reams him out and then drags him into a room and, and starts ripping his clothes off all the while saying things like a lady's not safe on the streets these days, yeah. but she's basically like assaulting him. I mean, it's a good turn. She does a good job with it. Yeah. Um, she throws him on a bowling machine, turns the game on, mounts him and says, call me Tonto. She says, bite me, claw me, Tonto. <laughs> then calls him Kimosabi after they're done. <laughs> yes, uh, and in the the afterglow, yep. she she suddenly gets up, storms yep. out, and and takes off. But he's, he's happy; he's lost his virginity. Yeah. He's Shockingly, this woman, woman is not uh, fully hinged. Uh, yes, right. <laughs> him on a bullet, on a pinball machine. Six weeks later. Mm-hmm. This is like the most TV shot in the whole movie. This is like a classic TV transition shot where you show the exterior of a building, quick zoom onto a one window, uh-huh. and then a mid shot of somebody like in that room. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like this uh-huh. is so, like this could be Newhart. This could be like any show from the seventies. A million percent. It, it's, it's like it just looks so bad. And then he's talking to his class. So he teaches English at this adult education class. And he says, and that in a <laughs> nutshell is why we don't like Hitler. I got a laugh out of me. Like I'm a, I'm a sucker for that because what the fuck was he talking about? And the way he puts that and that in a nutshell is why we don't like Hitler. That's funny. That's it just, isn't. Oh, it's it so isn't. funny. It really isn't, though. <laughs> I gotta say, that's not funny. Just saying Hitler is not funny. No, but that in a nutshell is why we don't like Hitler. Like, you have to explain that <laughs> like to people. That was funny. And then when we find out he's in an ESL class, it's like, it makes it even more even ridiculous. Even more pointless? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Ridiculous. Um, not pointless. But there's one uh, woman, <laughs> very cute Russian be- girl yes. named Sigourney, who speaks perfect English. Uh-huh. This girl needs English lesson like those kids from the wedding planner needed a hospital. Like, <laughs> this one, she speaks perfectly fine English. <laughs> She's like correcting him on the syntax. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, you split the infinitive. You did it. Come on. Um, so she lingers after class and he throws up on her. Um, Which he, in every movie we know, that's the sure sign. Exactly, right? So he's pregnant. So we, we know that, that that means that. Um, but he sees this as an opportunity to say, you know, hey, let's. Let, I'm sorry for throwing up on you. Let's go and get something to eat. So they go to eat. There's this whole background bit with a mm. chef beating up an old woman. Yeah. Um, but in the foreground, they're talking about how money isn't important. See? It's like... It's just, but it's just, yeah, it's, the the visual bits suck. Um, they really do. I mean, I guess that goes back to her just lack of skill as a director. The dialogue's whispered as if it's not supposed to be distracting to what the dialogue in the foreground is saying, but it's all mm-hmm. bad and it's right. ADR'd. Um, but the, the the good jokes in there are things like when he she's like, "You didn't notice me." He's like, "Are you kidding? You stick out like a sore thumb in that class." And she kind of demurs. She's like, "That's because I'm wearing my sis- little sister's sweater." And like, that's a Joan Rivers joke. That has to be a Joan Rivers joke that she just put in this person's mouth. But it was delivered well. And I and damn it, I actually liked Billy Crystal in this movie. And it dawned Whoa. on me because I have really? a hate. I, I don't like Billy Crystal. Um, but I'm talking about like Mr. Saturday Night, City Slickers, that Billy Crystal. His early stuff there's, was there's no like star star persona here. Yes, right? so I can understand why you would like this. Billy Crystal, but that's also, he's just such a dud. He's just like a cipher. Um, we find out he's studying botany. This doesn't, uh, that's not anything, is it? No, don't. I mean, none of, nothing. <laughs> like, I don't be, know why. 
every but time I thought this movie was going to start making a good point about like, well, this is what would happen if men got pregnant mm. or see what women go through. Nothing. Nothing. There's a point where everybody's telling me he should have the baby and how great it's going to be. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what Joan Rivers kind of, you know, is trying to get out. Nope. It's just to set up a guy getting hit on by another guy. No. And this botany bit which i mean it's referenced a few times but it doesn't you think like maybe that'll be something where it's explained how how did he get pregnant it's never explained he no. just does right yeah she wrote a she read a script writing book that says like you have to have a, what he does uh who he is you know that's a character trait uh and they have to and have didn't think arc. like those should relate to each other no. <laughs> right like those should connect in some sort of way yeah wait till the end when all of a sudden there's we're supposed to care about his journey <laughs> i know it's amazing um but again, this bit about him being a scientist does lead to him doing a spit take mm. when she makes a reference to Louis Pasteur giving her father an STD. <laughs> Which to me, that's the comedy hat trick right there, is if you can get spit takes, SDT references, and a Louis Pasteur reference. That to me is, you nailed it. I didn't even catch the spit take. My mind was so blown. <laughs> so Maybe it was just the print was that bad, I couldn't see it. So, okay, obvious ethnic humor, she's uh-huh. Russian, so guess what? Her family are a bunch of gypsies. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's it's not commenting on stereotypes. It's not satirizing stereotypes. It no. just is stereotypes. There are stereotypes. So mom's a fortune teller, but, again, more stereotypes. She's a total fraud. She's a mountebank. She's a, she's a grifter, right? Mm-hmm. And what are they having for dinner? Hamster. They're having hamster for dinner, and it's not even Thanksgiving is a line from the movie again like what um man in drag yes man in drag Roddy that McDowell in and of itself is, playing, is funny yeah. right so yeah. he's the grandma Sigourney tells grandma that um lionel's not feeling well so she does this like tea read tea reading thing but she spits in the cup she makes him drink it reads it and everybody like freaks out they throw him out of the house and Sigourney tells him you're pregnant Dun, dun, dun. She's got three brothers who are these half-assed Marx brothers ripoffs, right. but like each one of them is Harpo because none of them <laughs> talk, <laughs> uh, and the, each one of them is Harpo because I I think they should be dead. Uh, and then Norman Fell is the dad, and he gets like yes. one line. I know, right? Yeah, Imogen Coca is the mm-hmm. mom. So there's just all these people you would know from '70s TV shows or like bit parts in movies and things like that. Um. So he goes home, he tries to tell his mom about what's happened, that he's pregnant, apparently, but she misunderstands it and thinks that he impregnated his yeah, sister. That's the dumbest of all the dumb jokes in here. Yells, keeps about 20 times, calls him Sister Stupper. Mm-hmm. Sister Stupper, Sister Stupper, Sister Stupper. Yells it over and over again and says, you know what they call that? Incense. Mm-hmm. Terrible Ooh. joke, terribly delivered. Well, actually, Doris Roberts good. She's doing what she can. She's doing what she can with the material, and the material is quite bad. But this was the one set that was f- humorously decorated on. Per- that was the joke ring through is the mom's wallpaper is ever present, like on every surface. She has right. that floral wallpaper. I thought that was just a good visual gag. Fair enough. So Lionel goes to visit. Uh, the obstetrician, right? yeah, who uh, is played by Paul Lind. Fucking oh, I Mr. Center Square. All he had to do was say, "Oh shit," and I fucking started crying, laughing. The way he just knocks over some sperm on his desk. Oh shit! Oh god, Paul Lind is a comedy treasure. We do like Paul Lind, uh, but yeah, he plays the baby doctor. I just had notes in here. I can't even remember them now where it just says racist jokes, mm-hmm. more racist jokes. I don't remember what the jokes were, but it's just like, here's a bunch of racist jokes. Like, they, here's they five start, in a row. They start using a lot of Mexican racial slurs. And yeah. they even they even start editing them out. Like, you can tell Paul Lynn said one, and then they cut it to foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like Joan the, Rivers was still going to get the ethnic joke in yeah. there, but just we're not going to be derogatory this much. Most, if not all, of this movie is non-live sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The ADR lines. And there's a funny part when Joan Rivers does her cameos. It's coming pretty close. Yeah. She she gives herself while she's off screen. Like, she walked off screen and she's still got dialogue. Like, such a comedian was, like, still running the light. Three more lights. Three, three more jokes. Hold on. Let me, I got three more tags I want to put on Hang this. On. I don't want to. These are all so good. I can't choose. <laughs> 
Oh God. So, so they're all skeptical at first, but then, um, when Lionel still in costume comes back, there's the dead rabbit on the desk and Lionel, this is maybe the second good laugh for me was that he performed CPR and mouth to mouth on the rabbit on the ugliest looking like fake fake rabbit they could possibly find. Oh, it looks so fucking awful, but it's, you know, Crystal goes for it here. Yeah. He really kind of feigns, you know, like anguish and tries to bring it um, back to life. But this is again, why he tries to do that is, Talking about the rabbit test earlier. Yeah. The cliche. That, that makes more, more sense now because I was very confused by this scene. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, Dr. Paul Lynn, he's got dollar signs in his eyes. He's he's He makes a Hollywood Squares reference. It's not the last Hollywood Squares reference in here. Nope. Um, and he makes a Tonight Show reference uh, about uh, you're going to do the Tonight Show, but no guest hosts. And guess who used to be a guest host on The Tonight Show? Paul Lind and Joan Rivers. How many times do you think uh, Joan Rivers asked Johnny to be in the show? <laughs> to be in this movie? Yeah. Was like, he was not working for scale. No. That's uh, not happening. Although, Car- he was probably on Wife 3 at the time, so he's like, uh, I'm still good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the doctor, he's got dollar signs in, uh, in his eyes, but Lionel is freaking out. Uh, but he goes outside, and there's the Russians. The Russians, this whole family, they want to protect him because he's fulfilling a prophecy. Yeah. I mean, what is that with that? Whatever. But yeah, you're right. They become his disciples. They're always sort of there in the background, but none of them have any lines or do anything or say anything, and it's pointless. I wrote these bits don't work. Yeah. Lionel is like freaking out. So he's like, I'm going to get rid of my baby. I'm going to go have an abortion. Uh, the cab driver, who's played by Rosie Greer. Yeah. <laughs> ex-football player, right? Rosie yeah. Greer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he tries to talk about it. No, can't do it, man. And then he says, here's a $20 trip. Screech! Straight to the abortion doctor. But then, I mean, you think, okay, we're going to get edgy here with this, right? Because yep. he's, nope. he's he now wants an abortion. He's a man who wants an abortion. And... There's no scenes in the abortion doctor or anything. Suddenly, it's just later. It's yes. like later somehow. I don't know. And he's just like, it just didn't work. They're like, well, it's too bad that that didn't happen. Like, and it's so many opportunities yeah. for comedy, for satire, for edginess, for insightfulness. And this movie takes none of those. No, that whole thing was in service of a joke where he's saying two doctors in a car hop turned me down and it's such a shame because the car hop came so recommended it's like that subverts your expectations you're not going to think that the car hop is high but that you're right it it could that's where we thought i thought they could have fleshed something out a little bit better no yeah so mom mom is there when when billy crystal gets upset he goes over to his window and he puts his hands up in the window the set shakes (laughs) <laughs> yeah it looks re- it looks especially bad in this yeah. movie there's this almost is... like no real attempt to even no hide the fact that they're it's sixth grade us. play level of, really is bad. of studio yeah. max fisher had higher production yes. values for his play. yes he did he really did um so there's a uh, i mean there's he thinks he got pregnant because she was on top yeah. Again, there's no ever even attempt to like explain this or or dig into it or any of this kind of thing. And it, finally, he just passes out. He just passes out, mm-hmm. and it does this like wavy transition. You know, this like wavy fade out, fade in transition that you think, okay, this is going to be a fantasy, a dream, or a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And everyone is acting completely insane. It, there, a card comes up and it says the Christian Science Memorial Hospital. He wakes up in the hospital next to a daredevil named Frank the Human Cannonball, who is apparently dying. Several doctors walk in who are just completely insane. They're just they're oh, there's just, a dwarf sitting on top of the human. Yeah, cannonball. there's a dwarf. I mean, it's just like you think, okay, th- th- they're doing a bit. This is going to be a fantasy sequence kind of bit. As it turns out, no. no. This is this is all just part of the movie now, it's just, right? It's just like, gags. So why was there a wavy transition? Like, dilly, dilly, dilly. why was there that fucking scene? I don't know. No idea. But I can tell you this: this doctor shtick, these doctors, catastrophically unfunny, and in a movie of, like I said, <laughs> machine gun firing bits, 
It's just like five minutes of just these doctors being unfunny. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I don't know. I did get I did get a big laugh because Ron Rifkin is the main doctor leading all the other doctors through rounds. They go, they torture a guy in a full body cast. They go make fun of a guy who's obviously dying and kind of t- twist the needle a little on him. And then when he says, this guy's pregnant, uh, the one doctor just goes, bullshit, throws down his doctor's smock and runs out. I did actually laugh. Yeah. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. We're at three now for yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> We're nearly two-thirds of the way through the <laughs> And I get, I like, the, the connect rate it is so far below the Mendoza line. Yeah. It's just like, it's, this movie cannot hit its weight. Um, just a, a super, super low average. Speaking of which, here's another bit that isn't even a bit. Uh, there's a transition, and we see a title card comes up that says three days, one night later. <laughs> what is that even? I don't like, know. What even is that? That's like a joke a, a three-year-old would come they up with. They played that for laughs, and 365 Days Deadly Attraction did that for serious. Like, <laughs> that was the way they chose to lap <laughs> <Yes>. stunts. <laughs> Again, I just wrote more racist jokes. I don't even know what they were. I it's just because all the doctors, all the doctors are a different ethnic. It, that's just see. That's what I'm talking about. The humor is like, yeah, we have a German doctor, a Jewish doctor, a Japanese doctor, a Russian doctor. That's the humor. That's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there's no other level to that. No. It's not commenting on anything. It's not satirizing anything. No. Nope. There it is. It's just funny because there's five different races right there. Yeah. It, it and that's why I didn't even bother. It was just so unmemorable. It was like the what like how would I even explain what the what the bit is here? It's just there's nothing. So anyway, this is the Joan Rivers cameo. She's a nurse. She comes in and she drops a colon, and then she picks it up and she takes off. And then Leslie said, does like three more lines after she's <laughs> off screen. There's a lot of ADR dialogue on her part. So we now meet this drunk old doctor who uh-huh. is going to. I don't know where this guy came from or what his whole bit was, but he's just one of these like drunk old movie doctors. He's like he's out of some movie from like the movie set in like the nineteenth century or something like that. He's wearing the white suit. Yeah. And he's like a drunk country doctor. Um Melody is actually like blowing him under the table. <laughs> yes. She just pops up under the table and he says, Thanks, fatty. <laughs> There's all these jokes. They're talking about her, and they're like, yeah, well, she broke her pelvis, you know, from riding in a hay wagon. Uh, people said that couldn't happen, but it did, you know. Uh, always alluding to her. And then, yeah, she's under, she's obviously under the table giving him a BJ. This was a – okay, back to the ESL class that he teaches. Yep. This was uh, another funny sight gag to me was that behind – because it's an ESL class. Behind him on the blackboard, it says, vellum back. <laughs> Like they even spelled it in their accent. <laughs> Couldn't say. Good bit. Yep. Um, so there's a pregnant woman in this class. She goes into labor. Mm-hmm. Um, they're forced to give uh, give birth right there on the floor in his classroom, and he helps deliver it. He's like awed by the miracle of life, and now he says, "I want to have my baby." Yeah, there's a lot of tossing this poor woman around. This actress, yeah. they were really right. just. The they're gag really, is that they're being rough with a woman delivering a baby. Yes. But they were really rough with an actress acting like a woman delivering a baby. Exactly. So he wants the baby now. He asks Sigourney to marry him. She says yes. She says she loves him. So they're going to get married. So there you go. The pregnancy is leaked to the press, so it starts becoming this whole big thing. Roddy mm-hmm. McDowell does a second cameo as someone named Dr. D and C. Fishbein. I was trying to find if there was a joke in there. I didn't get it. Uh, that just that there's an ampersand in the middle of his name. I don't know. <laughs> like that's the bit, I guess. So after all these news reports come on, who bursts in? But cousin Danny, right? Mm-hmm. Cousin Danny, the crazy Vietnam vet. He comes in screaming as usual again. Alex Rocco is just like it's go for broke time here for Alex Rocco. He is like I wrote. Alex Rocco is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And again, nothing he's saying is funny. Or there was a good joke in there that I, at least I laughed at. Uh, was Sigonia tells him that he's made the uh, you know he's in the newspapers, and she says you're on the front page in Italy and France, the middle pa- the last page in Israel, and the middle page in China. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good joke. Sure, <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> uh, the languages are written backwards in 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 is Israel. Got it. 
Got it. So the front page is the last page. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, Danny says, we're in show business now, kid, right? So they're the the cause celeb. So they decide they're going to cash in. So they just start making deals, pawn deals, pawn deals, pawn deals, pawn deals. They have, (laughs) again, non-joke of the year. They have a a deal in place to appear with Gladys Knight and the poops. (laughs) Yeah, stupid. This is on it. Like, this, this is like, these are jokes. These are jokes that are in this fucking movie. They're offered, this is a slightly better one. I'll give it a little more credit. They're offered $50,000 to name the baby the Flamingo Hotel and Casino. Okay. Nah. <laughs> nah. Better than Gladys Knight and the Poops. Better than Gladys Knight and the Poops. Uh, they get a call from the president, president of the United States, the man who inspired this week's cocktail, the POTUS. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get an invitation to the White House. and it, The president's played by George Goebel, who, again, Hollywood Squares. Yep. Uh, he proclaims that it is Lionel Carpenter Day. There's a commemorative stamp. He's and he basically just goes on this now wor- the sequence of world tour where he's getting honored everywhere he yeah. goes. Yeah, it's really just to do a joke about every culture in the world. Re- that, yeah, or, you know, just stereotypical culture humor. Yes, he goes to the UN, and while being honored, he is told, "Next to you, <laughs> the moonwalk was doo doo." <laughs> we've gone from gladys knight in the poops to the moonwalk was doo-doo and that was like 30 <laughs> seconds ago <laughs> oh and then he goes to buckingham palace with the queen and she keeps saying neil but she yeah. means neil armstrong, armstrong or the neil second Sadaka. moonwalk reference in a row didn't he know the moonwalk was doo-doo neil sadaka and then she says neil and they don't kneel but then she's like neil because you know, neil and i'm a knight I'm dumb there's they go to the great wall jewish of china chinese guy there's he's jewish yep. and chinese yep not a joke. Not, Not a, a joke, joke at all. We go Just, to the Vatican City. There's the Pope. This was a good joke. This was a joke. Yeah, and there's people who are working a puppet. Yeah, because on the balcony, it's stock footage of all the people looking at the Pope up on the balcony, and then you get cut up there, and it's people working it as if it's the Pope. Mm-hmm. That was a joke. There it is. You could see you could see the setup and the punchline. How about this setup and punchline? They go to Africa. Hey, Uh-oh. you know some good shit's coming now. Oh, this is where the nightmare reaches its unfortunate <laughs> crescendo. Uh, there's an African tribe. They're in a hut, and an African tribe is singing Frere Jaca. Uh-huh. But then it becomes like a funky Frere Jaca. How hilarious is that? You know, like, so it's funny that Joan Rivers was sitting there going, oh, it's funny that this African tribe is singing this French lullaby, right? Frere Jaca. It's like, that's actually not really uncommon. They colonized by the French. They, a lot of African tribes speak Why French. Wouldn't they do that? <laughs> but then they make it a little funkier now, but this was, I mean, airplane did these jokes. See, yes. Airplane did racial jokes. Absolutely. I no, would no, just I say mean, that. Specifically, African tribesmen holding basketballs are being inherently good at basketball. But that's just it. That's there's a level to those jokes. That the joke is that yeah, someone gets a basketball, dribbles it once like they've never seen it, and suddenly they're dunking like Moses Malone. That is not only <laughs> playing on a racial stereotype; it's playing on the racial stereotype that black people are inherently good at basketball, right? Like it's it's not just having an African guy hold a basketball in a scene, right? <laughs> All right. It, it would yeah. be if the joke was like just show a bunch of African tribes dunking basketballs. That's it. But it's like he gets the basketball, regards it like the Coke bottle, and the gods must not be crazy. Yeah. And two seconds later, is doing a windmill dunk. Again, it's pl- it's referencing that stereotype, but it's also undermining and subverting it as well with this other thing that is like that's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous thing. You've made your point, counselor. Well, thank yeah, you very yeah. much. <laughs> You you got you won that exchange. Oh, we haven't even like scratched the surface on this oh, no. tribe bit because then. Oh a, no! I'm just woman, trying to d- delay talking about this. A woman in a Playboy bunny outfit walks in and says, "I'll be your jungle bunny tonight." Aha! Uh-huh. Hey. Wow. Now let's talk about Ubuntu and Lester. I knew once I heard Ubuntu and Lester, I was like, Ubuntu "Oh, can I just skip Lester?" This? I thought it was going to be actually Willie Tyler. <laughs> oh, and Willie Tyler turned his nose up at this, which would have been bad That's enough. How bad this is. 
It's Jimmy JJ Kid Dynamite Walker as Hollywood Squares. A, a, yeah, absolutely. As a ventriloquist in tribal garb, mm-hmm. and his dummy is Billy Barty in blackface. <sighs> and they just do a lot of like really bad ventriloquist they're talking dummy like Amos, bits. They're yeah. talking like Amos and Andy too. Mm-hmm. It's not just the jokes; it's that they're uh, how fat your mom and B. Yeah. It's like they're not even attempting to be funny. It's again, they just were like a ventriloquist in an African tribe, and then his dummy is actually a little person now, in see, blackface. And that's I it. think that's it's even gag. worse. It's even worse than that. It's just that there's a famous comedian who's a ventriloquist at the time, who's a black ventriloquist, probably rarest of all. Right? He's a black ventriloquist. And so the joke hinges upon you're expecting that it's going to be Willie Tyler and Lester, right, right, right. but that it's just an African guy, and then not a black guy. It's Billy Barty in blackface. It's Billy Barty, yeah, heavy, heavy stuff. I mean, these are people who actually experienced that culture a little bit, right? But when they were children, it was dying out by then. But right, they but they would have been familiar. in their lifetime. In their yeah. lifetime, now I mean, yeah. it's so horrifying now, and and we're like generations removed from it, you know. I wonder if just for them, just referencing it was pointing fun at it, but they still had that kind of like reverence for it. I don't know. I'm trying to get in the head of it. <laughs> right? It's awful. Just don't get there. Don't go there. You do not want to get in that head. That is the house from Spookies getting in that head. <laughs> um, we get a title card. Meanwhile, dot, 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 a beach house in poverty-stricken India, and it's the Taj Mahal. Nyak, nyak. Not a joke. Not okay, a joke. Okay, come on. Come that on. Is- that is a Kentucky Fried movie joke. Oh, where they show the Statue of Liberty and it says t- uh, Tokyo. No, mm. no, that's the same bit. That's it's the same not bit. the same bit. It's not the same bit. Anyway, moving on. The lady from the UN, the Indian woman from the UN, who says that compared to you, the moonwalk was doo doo, is living in the Taj Mahal and she's starting to worry about overpopulation because you know it's overpopulation is a problem in India. And what if men just start getting pregnant now? He's why the only she, man. Why is she doing this scene in her bra and girdle? I, I don't know. Because it's funnier. It's just funnier. Because <laughs> you got this, the wicked good sorry joke. Why oh, is, you will be sorry. Why is the president now wearing a three little pigs mask? <laughs> and one that... that is just absolutely horrifying to look at. It's all so upsetting. And this is the one shot where Joan Rivers is like, okay, we got to, you know, we're going to put the camera up above everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we got to get this killer shot here. Got to get this. Just imagine her on set just with the little, you know, the lens peeking through. <laughs> nope. It'll be funnier if we shoot from above. The score now has turned into this like. Oh. I wrote derpy Doby Gillis background music. That is crazy. So now because of this, because. Two people are worried about overpopulation. The entire world has turned against this, Lionel. The entire it, world. It makes no sense. Makes There's no, now just no, mobs no. who are protesting outside his home. All of his money is gone. Everyone who thought it was so great that a man got pregnant, that he's the first pregnant man, are now want to lynch him. Literally want to lynch him. It is an and then script. And yeah. then this happens. There's no setup for it. There's no way we don't see it happen. It just, just tells you, okay, this happens. And now, so this is, we're an hour five into the movie and he's now starting to show like he was pregnant yes. in, in 13 minutes. <laughs> so Lionel is, is kind of freaking out too, because all the money from the endorsements is gone. Everything's all the stuff that they've been given has been taken back. Um, they get a surprise visit from the president, George Goble again. Mm-hmm. He sits on the president's lap and is told, I want you to stop that baby. So now everyone who love the baby. I mean, it's just like, we love the baby. We ate the baby. We love the yeah. baby. We ate the baby. Here we go. Blah, 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 blah. Now they hate the baby. So he offers some money and Lionel turns them down. So the president says, you better do it. I'm giving you an ultimatum. And then he leaves. Uh, it he, turns out Lionel just wanted more money. This is what he says right. to Sigourney. And she's really turned off by his. This part blew my mind. Yeah. Because she's like, you're everything you used to hate. Yeah. I'm like, when, if you when insist, did, when, when, well, when that was that not in sh- the movie. No. Like, this has been, like, him cashing in has been, like, most of the second half of this film. And now she's like, you want more money? You're everything you used to hate. What? No? Yeah. Not really. Like, when was that established? 
I was like, they're really trying to make a character arc for this guy. <laughs> right? There's nothing there. there. There was nothing there. Nothing at all. So now the president is like leading this mob um, outside Lionel's apartment. Mom it gets would, on the megaphone and urges him to submit to the mob. Outside Lionel's apartment, uh, a.k.a. a parking lot at the back lot of a studio. Yeah, right. They're, the crowd is yelling now, like, string him up, lynch him. There's, There's all these signs, signs that just... Uh, stop ovary population and it's ovary population. Yes. <laughs> I know a doctor in Tijuana. <laughs> and all of the signs are like made from the same like side material. And obviously, it's like they didn't even try to be like, yeah, a bunch of different people wrote signs. They're just no. like, no, these are our signs. Here you go. And regardless of how the, how many, how whichever way the f- people are facing, the signs are pointed towards the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But again, like what I just what is the satire here? I don't know. Like, what is this like poking fun at? They really just they they read a script writing book and was like, well, we need a denouement. We need a, an ending. You know, we need uh, these things. Big. He's got to give a hero speech. But they just filled it in Mad Lib style instead yeah. of like being like, okay, this all needs to like kind of flow from one a- thing into the other. I'm going to go way out on this limb and say they didn't know what they were doing. They they were <laughs> woefully point. inept Excellent at handling point. this. <laughs> so Lionel goes out to the crowd. He gives a speech, and he seems to float away, but he's actually on like a crane dolly that is attached to I was hoping to he was going to fly away because I was like, okay, okay good. Something. Fucking, this movie's just bananas. Something. Okay. Get Fellini-esque on me here. But no, yeah. he's, just, he's on a dolly, the truck. This camera truck takes off. It drives away with him on it. And the mob starts to chase after him. And Sigourney is left behind. But as it turns out, she's not left behind. It's never explained no. how or why she's not nope. left behind. He now goes into hiding. It's been six weeks since his disappearance. He's the world's most wanted man. There's a worldwide manhunt on for this guy. He's the most recognizable person in the entire world. He's being searched for everywhere. Um portly men are now subject to search and seizures so there's this like scene where nazis attack santa yeah and kurt cameron is not having that kurt cameron saw this as a little kid was like no i will someday rebuke this and make santa a fucking monster for me to save christmas (laughs) oh yes um so yeah lionel's in hiding and now we catch him Uh, there's also a, a polish joke uh, I mean, if we're going to talk about all yes. the ethnic humor, oh, like there's a wall, uh, the newscaster is giving news and it's from all the different plotters around the world. And then the Polish screen is just all, it's always fading in and out. We're right, having technical right. difficulties. Please sit by. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes, she's a plenty. Yes, indeed. So we catch up with Lionel six weeks later. <laughs> he's in hiding and now he's about to give birth in this like manger kind of setting on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Okay. And him and him and uh, Sigourney, Sigourney are together. Is there. Yeah, like Daisy and Tom in <laughs> Revolution, they just find each other wherever, <laughs> wherever we need to be. We're there. Lionel is excited because he thinks, for some reason, that even though he's the world's most wanted man, that as soon as he gives birth to this baby, <laughs> they'll just live this normal, not only a private life, but they'll live like a quote unquote normal binary. Man, woman, uh-huh. husband, wife, mom, dad, life, and everyone will just assume you're the you, you know, and they, they're just going to go on like that. I, why does he think that? Does the movie think that? Does it? Why is any of that? I don't know. It filled up a page. It got them there. So yeah. he's about to go in the labor. The curtain closes, and again, the, <laughs> we don't about, even get the fucking no, payoff. We don't like nothing. We're just setting up. Another, the, the, the final non-joke of the movie, which is that the camera pulls back. We see three wise men, I think. I could barely tell what was That's happening. That's her brothers. It's oh, be okay. Brothers. But they were sort of like the three like wise men. Like the three wise men. Got men. it. Yeah. And the camera tilts up to a star representing God, which is like a mm-hmm. very, you know, kind of classic Capra. movie kind of thing. And God says, oh my God, it's a girl. What? What's the joke? I didn't even get that joke. joke? It's there isn't a joke. Why wouldn't that be expected? There was a fifty percent chance of that happening. Yeah. And this is why (laughs) Hark the Herald Angels is singing. You you would think, you would think of all the people to not be surprised by the (laughs) two chances, a boy or a girl, it was the person who made them a boy and a girl. And he's like, Oh my god. 
It's a girl. It's a girl. Oh, my God. And that's it. That's the movie. That's how it ends. It just ends. No attempt to explore its own premise. Mm -mm. And once again, ending on a joke that is not a joke and certainly isn't funny. And that's your movie, Quirky. It's called Rabbit Test. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up and give our ratings? I don't know. This was one of those movies where as I'm watching it and writing stuff down, I'm like, I can't write down what's happening because th- yeah. there's nothing happening. Yeah. It's just like a uh, joke set up, joke set up, joke set up. So um, that's where I, I think this was the first time where I, m- the majority of I wrote is just dialogue. Yeah. It's just quotes. That's it. I think that's all the takeaway from this movie is. Is just Joan Rivers' penchant for churning out the jokes. That's churning it. Yeah, and churning and churning. And that's why she was, you know, a great, like, Stand up, <laughs> well, a, a great. You know, she did talk shows a lot. Oh too. yeah, that was her yeah. thing. Even up into you know, kind of later in life when she was doing stuff on E or doing the mm-hmm. uh, red carpet stuff. You know, she was always just like rat a tat a tat 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 tat. So that's an amazing talent in and of itself. You know, that sort of Bruce Valanche bits 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 never ending, never stop bits. But also like, damn. 95% of those bits are aren't even bits. They're not even yeah. fun. they're not even jokes. It's just like here's a word, here's a thing. Here's just saying wet back in this movie yeah. is is supposed to be funny. That yeah. in and of itself is supposed to be funny. No commentary on anything, no satire on anything. I think it's that it's a doctor. If I'm going to give it any kind of credence, I'm just trying to get in the head of the the joke right. It's that it's a doctor saying that and th- they're right. supposed to be someone of stature, of respectability, and they're very crass. They're more crass than the actual sure. people. Um, there was another joke earlier where I think it was it was trying to subvert it. Oh, it was the 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 poo poo. The uh, you make the the moonwalk look like dude. <laughs> moonwalk look like it's, it's because it's Mahatma Gandhi saying that on the floor of the UN. It's not just. It's not the Gladys Knight and the poops joke where it's just the we're saying poop instead of pips. It's actually this is a, supposed to be a speech on the floor of the UN of talking about how great he is, and she's like, "You make the moonwalk look like doo doo." Like I get the point of view of why that's a joke, um, but it wasn't that funny. It's only a joke if that person. It, everyone talks exactly the same in this movie, though. You know what I mean? Like there's not like they're not really subverting anything because the bomb talks like that. Uh, but that's like that. I mean, that's stereotype humor, though. You know, it's because it's leading into like these ideas we have of cowboys, nuns, priests, people on the floor of the UN, and when they say the unexpected, that's supposed to be the inherent funniness of that. Uh, Like, I get why that is a joke, as opposed to like Gladys Knight and the Poops, where it's just like we said poop. (laughs) Poop sounds like pips. All right, well, let's give our ratings. Run-of-the-mill bad film dare, next level bad double dare. Movie we actually like, reverse dare. Quirky, what do you give Rabbit Test? I'm going to go dare um, because I laughed a significant amount in, I would say, between 10 minutes and about 35, 40 minutes. Uh, The movie just, like I said, it's not a movie. It's just a series of jokes. It's like a stand-up special set with a, a... bare sketches of a plot and then the end just it peters out and fizzles fizzled for me like you were never into it but it fizzled for me um and then also i would say it's it's a dare because and this doesn't necessarily um the movie's doing but because you can only find it on youtube and it's such a bad print and it's so harkens a time it's such a a remnant of that time and um the quality available for no money at that time so that's i would say a dare for me it, there was there was it was mixed positive yeah, negative i get that uh yeah i got to go double dare i mean i i talked uh when we were doing dude bro party massacre which is another kind of film along these same lines about how a lot of the bits weren't very funny uh, and it was a little inconsistent but they some of the bits were very funny like mm-hmm. very funny um, and they weren't just one-offs. Some of them were a whole sequence of bits that was very funny or a whole character or something like that. And the movie ladders up into 
bits not only paying off at the end. Oh yeah, big but time. also to the overall concept of this, you know, 1980s horror movie that was like found sort of a found footage thing that was like uh, not found footage but like this rediscovered print of this like lost movie on a VHS. And thinking about stuff like Airplane There is something to be said, although you think, all right, these movies are just jokes, 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 nothing connects anything. There's something to be said for structure, Mm. especially in a movie like this. Structure is very important. And when you think of Airplane, the character dynamics, Mm. the stakes, the relationship between the two main characters, even though it's all played for goofy, goofy laughs, it's all set up in the first 10 minutes or so, right? It and it's take- well-written and evolves naturally. I was thinking the same exact thing, that we know Ted Stryker is a failed pilot who's PTSD. The last thing this man would want to do is not only be on that plane, but fly that plane. And he, yet we understand when it comes to the, why he's the one to do it. And he's got to overcome that in this one. When they try to do that character thing where she's like, you've become everything you've hated. I'm like, the fuck? When, when did when that did happen? We, when did and we that see that? When did we say like that? 80 to 85% of the way through the movie. Again, as I said, Ted Stryker, his dynamic, his whole journey, everything is perfectly set up in the first 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and this is movie. a movie where literal shit hits a fan as a joke. <laughs> so, we, but, but it's so fucking well written with the characters. You're you're 100% right on this. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, structure-wise, it, you know, it doesn't have to be the Godfather or Memento or anything like that, but it's about like establishing like who the characters are, what they want, like how this is all going to tie into the story. And this movie doesn't do it. It's like mm-hmm. over a third of the way through by the time he finds out he's pregnant by the time this whole setup of like i have to like change to win sigourney back is like that was never established so Mm -mm. there's just something to be said for having a structure especially when the content is a lot of kind of disconnected jokes and bits and things that aren't necessarily going to pay off or won't pay off until later or something like that yeah in my final thoughts i should have reiterated that everything about this is terrible except for <laughs> the laughs there's right. gags and that and they got me and that's why i pushed it to a dare every single thing else is horrible and would have been a double dare completely that is all we have for you on this episode of dare daniel but we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares thank you johnny flores for this one you're the king johnny kingmaker until then send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow dare daniel pod on facebook twitter and instagram like and rate us on all of those podcast apps read more of my movie reviews on the dare daniel website daredaniel.com corky yeah what are you up to man you and paul lind you just uh, cruising for chicks what's the deal oh shit Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll be performing on the floor of the UN doing my, uh, my this is like doo-doo bits, where sure. it's just a string of things <laughs> that I associate to doo-doo and caca, poo-poo. <laughs> no, I'll be at the Sacramento Comedy Spot every Saturday, ACL. Come down, have fun, see shows, take classes. Yeah, go do that. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye. Bye.